Welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. This week, we're closing up with Karen Perez, an NYC-based stylist and designer who is known for being the founder of Second Wind, a small Latinx and women-owned business founded in 2020 with a mission to inspire, empower, and make individuals feel confident. We chat about the ups and downs of owning a small business, dealing with copycats, and the importance of community. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm sitting down with Karen Perez. She is the founder of Second Win. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about your brand? Yeah, so uh, Second Win started in the middle of the pandemic during lockdown. Um, I basically started uh, a mask line um, it unbeknownst to me, I didn't think it was anything that was an actual business. I just uh, did it as a passion project because a lot of my clients and family members were asking me where they can find masks that were beautiful and they can feel comfortable wearing. And of course, I was going crazy looking for them like everybody else was. And that was during a time when masks were so scarce and yeah. it was even hard to find them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So Everyone I, was making them at home. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. making at home. And I was really thinking about how I wanted uh, to present myself when we got out of lockdown, how I know women that I knew in my industry in fashion or in beauty wanted to present themselves going back to work. And I thought of a a particular pattern that I thought was flattering on all women. And and then it just evolved into something, you know? Um, When I created the pattern, um, I wanted to show parts of women's faces, like your cheekbones, and kind of create this like um, lifting effect. So it, you know, most masks are so square and mm-hmm. more masculine. So I wanted something that was also natural fabrics, um, comfortable, I wanted to offer sizes. And then I wanted to throw in my styling expertise on it, and that's how I styled a chain to it, you know, became functional and fashionable at the same time. And you come from a styling background, right? Yes. So walk us through like, what what was your background like and how did your like entrepreneurial journey kind of take place? Well, I started in fashion very early on um, in retail, like most people do. Mm -hmm. Um, I started working really young at 14 years old and I've always had this passion for for fashion and Mm -hmm. for style and um, when I was really, really young, I, I mean, I was like five years old, when I would look at magazines and my mom used to have a retail store actually, and she would take us to her buying trips and- um, Like a clothing boutique? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, I was always fascinated. You know, we were always around like entrepreneurs and um, my mom was a single mom, so she was a great example. Wow, and she had her own store and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and she, I'm actually a triplet, so <laughs> she was raising three girls on her, by herself. Yeah. So, so she definitely had her hands full. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, very early on, I had this kind of, you know, ambition, you know, and I always was interested in the magazines, and when I would look at magazines, I just love the images and I always said, I want to do whatever that is. You know, kids, they want to be, you know, firefighters or they want to be princesses when they're really young. And I just like, I just want to work for this, whatever this is. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was an editor or stylist. Obviously, I didn't know what that was. So you knew like ever since you were a little girl that you wanted to work in fashion. Yeah, definitely. Or just create something beautiful Mm -hmm. in images. So 
Um, fast forward to um, high school, I started working really early on. You know, my mom, she taught us really early that if you want something, you have to really work hard for it. You know, nothing was ever handed to us. So, you know, I wanted to look cool for, in school. <laughs> so she's like, you want to have cool clothes and you need to go get a job. So, you know, I worked in retail for so many years. I learned a ton, you know, just working with people. And I kind of got my little experience as a stylist with working with so many different uh, customers coming in and helping them. And um, that was a great experience. Um, from there, I did go to fashion school and I was learning a lot more about fashion and about more of like production and mm -hmm. the back end stuff. Um, and I was doing that. I was working um, in corporate for a little bit, which was a great experience. Um, but I really wanted to get my hands dirty more into uh, styling. You know, there, there isn't really a degree you can really get to be a stylist. I think that's like a, a trait that you have naturally, mm -hmm. you know, like even artists like you can go to school to be an artist, but you have to have a good eye. You mm -hmm. have to have some kind of creativity naturally in you, you know? So I actually decided to, um, do an internship um later in life you know i didn't have the opportunity to intern while i was in college at all you know i had to support myself fully and i put myself through school um myself so i did internships um as an assistant stylist with a celebrity stylist and that That's was awesome yeah that was a great opportunity you know i did it for a very small window of time i had three months that's pretty much all i could afford and at that time that was when i mean i think it's definitely a lot different now i mean i was basically paying to work yeah you know i was i mean i would pay the cabs and the metro and the buses to get to all the jobs i think that's how it was like when i was interning too mm -hmm. like if you wanted to get those like amazing opportunities yeah. like they definitely weren't paying you mm -hmm. and like you were probably like paying for the starbucks oh, and yeah. like i was like I like interned in fashion ones and be like, oh, you have to traffic the, the sample across the city. And mm -hmm. like, that's on your dollar, and not on theirs. I know. <laughs> and but that definitely was a great experience because it just showed me like you really need to fight for what you want, mm -hmm. you know. And I gave myself like a, a small window to intern. I at that time, I also was already starting to style. Um, I got a great opportunity working for a magazine and that was just kind of fell in my lap. Um, my sister's a makeup artist and she was doing one of the triplets yes mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're all creative in your yeah own yeah we are <laughs> so she had a great opportunity uh to do makeup for a job and the editor was saying to her oh my god we need a stylist um do you know anyone and she's like i know somebody and she's like it's my sister she's really great and she called me and she was telling me um karen they they're gonna hire you to be a stylist and i was like i don't really have a portfolio i don't even know what to do she's like just do it and i'm like okay so the editor emails me and says, you know, these are our advertisers. These are the brands that we, we need to target. Um, here are the addresses. This is where you can go. And I was like, wow, amazing. And then I was basically like faking it till I made it, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense. And I was just kind of learning as I go. And, you know, even things like making um, an invoice. I didn't even know how to do that back yeah. then. You know, I didn't know any of these things. And um, it was a great experience, you know, and... You know, it definitely was not easy, you know, as an artist um, working freelance. It's always been such a struggle, you know, and I 
empathize with so many artists because you know living paycheck to or job to job Mm -hmm. it's not easy you know and you don't know when you're gonna get another job or get paid yeah you know know, there's times that you you do a job you do all everything you do possible for it and then they don't pay you six months later or nine months later you know oh my god is that even like legal i don't think so But, you know, you have to do what you have to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know what it is now. Um, Luckily, I'm in a good place. I still work as a stylist, but I have an agent. They take care of me well. So I'm really lucky in that sense. That was like a dip into like the entrepreneurial world. Mm Because I feel like when you're a freelancer, like you are your own boss, you are your own business. Mm -hmm. So did you ever think that you want, did you ever plan on like starting your own like e-commerce or like retail business? Actually, I thought I would never get back into retail. Um, (laughs) I mean, I worked in um, corporate before and learned a lot about uh, manufacturing and design. Yeah, and it was a lot of work, you know, the team and the people that you have to lead. It was a lot, and I thought, wow, I don't know if I want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of responsibility, it's a lot of money, and it's super scary, and, um, you know, also, brick and mortar hasn't been doing really well and I'm like this is a big you know financial risk so I don't know if I ever want to do that but this opportunity just kind of fell in my lap and it was something that I started as a passion project and mm-hmm. then it just evolved into a viable business and that's some of that's like so that is how some of like the best businesses start like same with me it was like a passion project a thing like it was like fun to do but I never like really planned on like being like a full-time like entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so I think that's great when you were making going back to like the face masks when you started making them like for yourself and your friends like were you like hand making them at home or like did you have a production process or Um, were you like sourcing and stuff well I mean yes that was during the time when even all of the stores were closed Mm -hmm. fabric stores yeah there was no way to even get to the city um unless you were a central worker Mm -hmm. um I had somebody who um basically is um, a seamstress in the neighborhood I live and she was completely out of work as well she's this sweet lady um, from Costa Rica and 80 years old and super sweet and um, I approached her and I asked her hey I wanted to make these masks and she's like oh I'm making some for fun and uh, I gave her the bootleg pattern that I designed because I'm not even a real pattern designer I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to really sew I took some courses but it doesn't make me, you know, a sewer or any kind right. of, yeah, artisan in that sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I took the pattern and we worked on it together. And I was literally going into the fabric stores in the back entrances. Like I was trying to get, you know, I mean, I was, I couldn't even get anything online. We couldn't get anything shipped here, you know. Yeah. And I was, you know, literally going to the back entrances of. Uh, fabric stores and i was lucky enough to get you know 100 percent linen and organic stuff and i found everything locally in new york or like upstate new york was it like scary to like make any sort of like investment in this project like in the middle of the pandemic i know it was like a really scary like uncertain time absolutely i mean at that time i um, I, I mean, I was living through my savings, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't even getting unemployment yet or anything. So I put in about $800 and that was a lot for me because I had to budget myself and to, um, you know, design and to having someone sew for me. 
into i mean i even the website you know putting in you yeah know, yeah and then creating an llc being a viable business like all those little things um i took it really serious even though it was just more of a passion project you know i created a little instagram and i was just inspired by things and and I, again it was just because i didn't have anything going on like so many you know and then at the same time i actually took online courses to graphic design to web design, not knowing that I was going to be uh, an online business at all. I was just going to do something for fun. And then I was like, hey, why don't I design masks? Hey, maybe I can sell online. It just kind of all came together. That's so smart. And I think that's probably why it took off, right? Because mm -hmm. you were designing these like really cute, chic masks and like no one could get materials, like let alone get like an ugly mask, like mm -hmm. a cute, fashionable one. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit about how like I I feel like your brand like blew up overnight. Like, how did that happen? Well, I think um, it definitely had to do with my community coming together. Um, you know, the Latinx community is an amazing community and they saw a certain situation um, with an influencer that was trying to steal my concept and, and created it mm -hmm. like overnight. Um, and everyone kind of band together. When, when I found out about this, um, I actually didn't even, um, I, I thought it was just going to happen and there was no way that I can compete. You know, right. I just thought, Hey, you know, this person has millions of followers. Who's going to listen to me? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not, I'm just going to have to deal with it, you mm -hmm. know? And then, um, it's so funny because it was actually, a customer, a customer of mine reached out to me and said, oh my God, um, I just saw that this influencer um, is making the same exact one, the same colors and everything. Um, it's so crazy, it's literally the same. And I said, yeah, I, I knew it was coming. I didn't know it was coming this soon, but thank you for the, you know, for putting, bringing that to my attention. And um, she basically said, no, I need to talk to someone about this. I need to talk to the press. I was like, who's going to care? <laughs> I'm like, I have like 200 followers. Like no one, no one cares. No one knows who I am. And uh, no, she's like, um, and she basically went to a lot of these um, bloggers and, uh, you know, talk about my story. So mm -hmm. I didn't even go up to anyone. I didn't even say anything. And then it just, people were starting to like know about this within 24 hours. And then they were reaching out to me. So it was like this kind of like, annoying terrible thing that happened but mm -hmm. that's how like visibility came to your brand yes, right absolutely and then it just basically blew up overnight and the one thing is that i you know even though this with the circumstances of what happened you know was really kind of a shock mm -hmm. um but at the same time you can have a product that someone takes or whatever you want to call it but if it's not something that you know is good you know, that's going to sell because we were able to get our stuff at Saks Fifth Avenue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that speaks volumes because we have our we have so many repeat customers and not just with masks, just with other things. Yeah, that you've we expanded offer. product line. Right? Yeah. And, I and I've seen your masks on like big celebrities yes. like Jennifer Lopez, mm -hmm. AOC, like a bunch of people. Yes. Wear your masks. Yeah. I mean, it's I I'm always in shock uh, because of that, because honestly, 
a lot of these people just came to us organically they just wanted to support and then they just find out wow this is actually really nice and it's and that's one thing i love about what i hear from my uh customers they're always constantly saying things like every time i wear it i always get compliments Mm -hmm. you know and that makes me feel good because that was basically the 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 mission we wanted to create yeah making products that people love Mm -hmm. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who's might be in like a similar situation that they don't really know how to handle? Someone maybe like copies them or like takes advantage of them Mm -hmm. in some sort of way. Like what advice would you give to a small business owner? Well, I think, um, you should always a hundred percent believe in yourself as much as possible. You know, in the beginning I thought, you know, it's just going to kind of go away. But then I also had my sisters and my family kind of say, no, you need to stand up for yourself. You need to push your product. You know, you know, it's good and you, you believe in your product. And I think that's what the number one thing is that if you get taken advantage of, you know, always voice what's going on. And also you need to protect yourself legally, you Mm -hmm. know, in that sense. And we, started the patent process very early on so we were able to protect ourselves in that sense and then you know community is huge you know you can always come together with your community and people can vouch for you and that's the thing we have a product that is great that people actually vouch for Mm -hmm. you know so so yeah how has um second wind grown since from that first like mask with chain like what how's it grown from just that costa rican ladies sewing <laughs> the the samples for your friend to mm-hmm. what it is now i mean we are a global brand now you know mm-hmm. people know us from every country around the world you know we were able to get ourselves at Saks Fifth avenue that was never an idea I when never... did that happen uh that happened about i want to say uh, less than a year ago, like maybe like eight months ago. Wow, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Everything's so fast. Yeah, no, it's just an amazing... I mean, it was. It definitely was not easy. Um, even getting all that kind of attention and having to scale your business so quickly mm-hmm. was not easy at all. You know, I wasn't prepared for that financially, emotionally, for any of that, even, even that attention, because getting that attention from someone that was so big and has a huge following, it also came back with, a lot of hate too Mm -hmm. and people didn't realize that even though i was put in a situation that was wronged um for me but she has a lot of people that are die hard and i mean i for me emotionally was it was horrible because i've never experienced that type of hate Mm -hmm. you know horrible emails racist things said to me and it definitely strengthened me a lot you know and it made me realize what this world is you know and how people can be so cruel but then i also realized how people can be so helpful and can band together so how did you deal with you know some even growing your business like some hateful comments or like trolls or how do you deal with that i mean to be honest i just kind of ignore it you know and i block (laughs) you know and i have to keep it moving Mm -hmm. you know but at the same time there's been i grew up in not the most definitely not privileged life and 
I had to endure a lot of things growing up, even as like a young adult. And um, it's kind of strengthened me mm-hmm. in the sense, you know, obviously words are still extremely hurtful and bullying and trolls, it's, it sucks. But then I have to put myself in the perspective of, you know, when you say things like that, you usually come from a place of sadness and hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, hurt people hurt people. And, you know, sometimes I just kind of send good energy to them because I'm like, you know what, she's probably in a really bad situation. And, you know, I'm just going to let that go. And sometimes I won't block you. Sometimes I do. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes if they say things out of hand, um, you know, I I do say things sometimes, but I say <laughs> it in a respectful way, the, way, the best way I could. What are some things, um, you know, from your past or just like instances that have made you kind of like stronger and more resilient through like this whole like entrepreneurial journey? Um, Wow. I mean, there's been so many experiences in my life. I mean, definitely. um, I mean, seeing my mom struggle as a single mom definitely Mm -hmm. was an experience um, that I definitely won't forget. Um, And that definitely put fire on me, you know, to kind of keep moving, keep going, you know, also being first generation on American, it's, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you know? I'm first generation too. Yeah, so you understand. Where's your family from? So my mom is from Colombia. Yeah. I'm sorry, from Ecuador. My dad's from Colombia. And like, did you have a lot of pressure from like your mom to be really successful? Did you feel that growing up or not really? Yes, in the <laughs> sense of, okay, I mean, education unfortunately wasn't a big priority. It was more like you need to be successful, you need to make money, mm-hmm. you know? And my mom you know when she came here um my mom actually came from a very affluent family but when she came here married my dad um she was basically disowned and she had to basically start over and then my dad left us really early so she had to do everything on her own so it was like survival Mm -hmm. and um she instilled that on us very early on she said never let a man take care of you fully you know you need to make your own money you need to be Uh, responsible on your own and that was put into our head like so early on so yeah there was a lot of pressure in making sure that you were always successful making money and when I told my mom I was gonna be like an artist and not (laughs) I know that's like the worst thing to tell like a first generation (laughs) yeah like I'm not gonna be a doctor I'm not gonna be a lawyer I'm gonna be um, a freelance artist <laughs> she had no idea what that meant but she's like what does it make good money and I was like it can you know if I get lucky mm-hmm. um, so yeah there was definitely a lot of pressure you know to, I had to follow my dreams and there was a lot of struggle obviously you know like you know I never I didn't have um, family members that can like make a phone call mm-hmm. and you know or or I was in an area where I grew up that, oh, I know her from camp or from, you know, whatever. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I never had that. So I had to do everything myself. You know, I, I've been at interviews um, for like Condé Nast and Vogue. And I remember I was on the third leg of my interview and I so desperately thought I had it because I had the experience, I had the credentials and it was me and someone else interviewing. And and when I, I saw the girl that was next to me and she knew everyone. It, yeah, it's like nepotism. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody was saying hi to her and, oh, I'm going to see you at the country club, whatever. And then I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means. 
And of course, I didn't get the job, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think all the hard work that you do will eventually pay off. And I think that's what happened here with my business. And also before my business took off, you know, it was definitely a lot of hard work being a stylist. And then finally get signed with an agent it was like such a success for me and for my career. Mm -hmm. And so now you were so scared to be like the owner of a brand and deal with all of that. And now here you are. Mm -hmm. So how, how does it feel like looking back on, you you know, how nervous you were about and not wanting to do this? I mean, it's still scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. You know, you have a team that you have to lead and there's a lot of responsibility, but I'm definitely super proud and so happy with the decision I made to be an entrepreneur and constantly pushing myself, I have a purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, that I constantly want to work hard for. So I think I saw on like the news or something with AOC that you had like this all female team that was amazing and sewing. Tell me a little bit about like your team and like how that happened. So um, I was so in shock and surprised that AOC even knew who we were and who I was. She reached out to you like totally cold? Yes. She reached out to me via Instagram (laughs) and uh, she sent me this amazing letter and basically giving me just hope and saying that she's supporting me and um, I was in shock. I was in tears because I'm such a fan of hers. (laughs) I literally was screaming (laughs) and I wrote back to her and um, Um, You know, we were in the midst of sewing all of our orders. We got 10,000 orders in one day. And we were no way near that. Like, we were making everything by hand, you know. And it was... We didn't have any of these resources ready yet. So when, like, two months later, when um, we had her order ready, because we were literally going in line with every single order by the second... (laughs) I emailed her and I said, hey, I knew that she was out of town. And I said, "Um, your order's ready. You know, where can we mail it? Um, And she uh, gets back to me right away and says, I'm actually back in New York. I would love to come visit you and pick it up myself. I was like, what? (laughs) And then right away, um, I literally called like our office. (laughs) We had like a makeshift office in Midtown and... I was like, we need to clean up the yes. office. <laughs> she's going to come in, like, even if she's going to come in for a second, like, I, she needs to, we need to just prepare ourselves. Yeah, like, look professional as possible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God, we need to, like, organize everything. And um, I couldn't even sleep. And then the next day, um, she came, and I thought she was just going to meet me at the door. I'm thinking she's going to have security with her, you know, because she's a public figure. And, mm-hmm. and you know, so... And she's in Congress. So she walks in by herself. She just like was on the train. She walks in and she starts filming on Instagram. And I was like, what? And she wanted to know about me. She wanted to meet everyone in my team. She wanted to shake the hands or not shake the hands. She wanted to say hello. It was COVID. We weren't shaking hands. We weren't shaking hands at that time. (laughs) Um, She wanted to introduce herself to everyone there, my sewing team, and wanted to know the process and my background. And she was extremely lovely and taking her time. And she understands her platform. She understands that this would be immensely um, great for our business, Mm -hmm. but also for our community. 
and she you know took this time she went on instagram um it started filming stories mm-hmm. with me taking selfies with me super sweet um that is was, that how like a lot of celebrities found out about you um actually no okay <laughs> <laughs> um no actually um there was a lot of articles written about us and that's how they were kind of finding out about us mm-hmm. um but she definitely lit a fire for so many other people mm-hmm. to know about us um and and then the bonus was you know after she left she started following me my personal instagram oh yes <laughs> and actually i do have one thing to say um that is actually i've never talked about this oh i know a little the gossip. a little scoop <laughs> um i don't know if you guys noticed that she actually cut her hair uh months ago she had a little kind of short bob yeah i think i remember that yeah she grew it out already but she actually dm'd me and said hey girl she was like oh my god i i forgot to tell you i love your hair and i want to do something different so i'm like thinking of doing highlights or cutting my hair and i was like oh my god she's emailing she's messaging me about hair we're that cool you guys are basically best friends yeah i'm like oh i didn't know we were besties i'm like oh my god and um she asked me she's like i'm thinking of cutting my hair and i really like your haircut and i was like oh my god and i just gave her like the people that i go to in new york and she was like oh thank you so much i'll try to reach out to them and then like a week later or a couple days later she cut her hair and i was like oh my god i i feel like i inspired her (laughs) you influenced her i influenced her and i'm like wow it's kind of like major (laughs) um so that i mean like what i think is so cool too is like not only she came and like filmed on instagram but she's like a paying customer yes like these celebrities are like paying customers you're not just like gifting them out to people Mm -hmm. like that's cool no i I mean trust me when i see the addresses of these people and their names and then they're (laughs) do they put their like real names sometimes they put their real names but I mean, a lot of times it's not their actual addresses yeah, yeah, yeah. in their office or, you know, whatever, but they put their real names in there. And <laughs> it's funny, though, because when we were going through, like, a lot of the orders, there were so many. I mean, the stacks were so high, and my sisters and my mom, and we were all, like, and I didn't even look at the names because mm-hmm. I'm, like, honestly, and then every time we saw a famous person's name, my sister would point it out. She's like, oh, my God, such and such, you know, Ava Longoria, you know, like, all these people. I'm like, what? Oh, my God, that's mm-hmm. so cool. It's insane. Um, so who are like some of the celebrities that have ordered from you? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, Becky G. I love Becky G. Yes, <laughs> I love her. Um, she's been like a ride or die for so long. Obviously, AOC, Jennifer Lopez. Um, did I say Eva Longoria? Yeah. Um, these are some like big names. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice, who is the actress, um, for the new Disney um animated um Encanto cool and we're actually good friends too she messages me all the time she's so sweet I love her to death oh my god she's such like ride or die all the time I love her um and she's great for the community um I mean there's so many um that have a lot of also big influencers that have a lot of followers that I was also really surprised that were ordering from us so it seems like you and you mentioned that like the Latinx community like celebrities just like your community like online have really been a big support um do you like what do you want do you like give back to that community in the future like are you involved like absolutely mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely well first of all um the women that work uh with us um our team are in the latinx community you know all women yes that's amazing our sewing team um who are immigrants um 
from the Latinx community, you know, they suffered immensely during the pandemic mm -hmm. and, you know, we gave them jobs. You yeah. Know? Um, and what we do, we have an incentive um, for the most part. We any of our masks or any um, products that we've made um, and if they don't go through our quality control track, they, they go through like a fail. There's a pass and failing mm -hmm. inspection and um, they're still like usable. But, you know, we're so crazy about details. And if it seems a little off, we actually donate it to a local um, community um, women's shelter. Um, that's one thing we do. And we also do this um, for all communities of color. We every month we talk about a small business that we're proud of, that we love, that's great. that we want to kind of shed light to that, you know, they probably only have like, you know, 5000 followers or whatever. And they need that kind of attention that space and we got you know that we got this opportunity and why not share it with other um, small businesses and I think that's so cool because like before you were talking about how you know maybe when you were applying for jobs in magazines like you were passed over because like of nepotism or like people like were supporting other people and like their like small mm -hmm. community so it's like cool to see like you coming up building something and giving jobs and opportunities to people mm -hmm. like in your community too yeah, no, absolutely. And and going back to that, you know, talking about Vogue and Connie Nas. Yes. <laughs> I was actually like, it was actually, it felt good when we were featured on in, Vogue US. And that's full circle. Full circle. Vogue Japan, uh, Vogue um, Hong Kong, and then all these other Connie Nas magazines, which was like, wow, it was kind of like an kind of like an F you to them. Yeah, like you didn't get the internship, <laughs> but like you're in their magazine. Yes, so that's like way better. Absolutely. Um, so let, let's just tell everyone where they can follow you, mm -hmm. um, where they can shop, um, all that good stuff. So you can follow me at um, in, on Instagram at buy second wind or you can shop with us at shopsecondwind.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was such a great convo. Thank you so much, Olivia. Awesome. Karen is so inspiring. It's beautiful to see the power of communities in action. I'm excited to see how Second Wind grows. If you could take a leap of faith and start your own business, what business would that be?